welcome to Village Church q and I'm Amanda, and I'm here with Pastor Michael. And today we are going to be discussing the difficult question, how do you help someone overcome porn addiction? So there, there are typically two phases that I want to work in. The first is recon, and the second is going to be repentance. So what I want to do is on the front end, I'll go through the process of each of these, and then I have some encouragement at the end. So if you're somebody who is in the middle of trying to overcome porn addiction, or if you are helping somebody overcome porn addiction, I have some things i just like to encourage you with at that point. So number one is recon. And so what I want to do is I want to ask a lot of questions. And here's just a a list of some of the categories that I want to get my head around. I want to know what kind of porn is it? Um, Like there's a difference between soft porn, hardcore porn, and then there's all this crazy stuff even outside of that. Hmm. Um, I want to know uh, and figure out, are we talking about child porn? Is that like a real thing? At that point, I have legal obligations. Um, is it, so there's there's a whole nother level of porn, which when we look at softcore pornography that you can find on social media apps, such as TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera. Um, and it might not be hardcore porn, but it might be consuming their entire life. And hmm. so I want to figure out what am I actually dealing with? Um, I then want to go to their origin story and I want to hear, okay, where did this start? One of my just biggest sadnesses is for men probably under the age of you know 35 to 40, because almost always, I mean, there are exceptions, but almost always when I hear a man's pornography story, it begins between the ages of seven and 11 years old. Mm. Um, but whatever it is, they can almost always identify the first time they saw it, it sears into their brain. And the human mind, the male mind, um, is created and wired by God to respond respond powerfully and to visual sexual stimuli, even at a young age. And And to remember it. Oh my gosh, it sears. And so whenever I ask somebody, tell me the first time you saw porn, almost always, then again, there are exceptions. Um, Usually the exceptions are for people who... um, We're just very deep into it, right? But even them, almost always, they can tell me the moment they saw it. I want to hear their origin story. Um, I I then want to look at frequency. And so when you're sitting down with somebody, um, if they come to you to confess porn, that is so much easier. Because when people are caught, it usually takes three or four uh, iterations of lying um, usually not telling you how bad it is, how deep it is, how frequent it is, et cetera. So I want to know their frequency. Is, is this a monthly thing? Is it a, is it every day? Is it three times a day? What parts of your life is it stealing? I want to, I want to get into the frequency of it. Uh, I want to know where you do it and how you, how you get to it. Right. And so because it's a secret thing, um, there are pockets of their lives that are very secret. And so you got to understand that when you're doing with porn addiction, you're dealing with by default liars. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with people who've learned to hide. You've learned, you're dealing with people who've learned to um, make sure that every access point to this is cut out. So even when they do get caught, if that's how this gets exposed, um, typically they let something slide. And I got to tell you, the amount of times a mom or dad says, oh, I caught my kid, but they said it was the first time. Mm. 99.9% of the time they're lying to you because that's what people do when they get caught. They lie. Um, I want to know what have they sacrificed for this? Uh, Are they paying for it? How much are they paying for it? What are they paying? I I actually want to figure out their avenues of paying because um, what this often means is they have secret credit cards. 
because they're not going to put a, a triple X whatever website out of the regular credit card. Hmm. Uh, I want to know, how are you paying for it? What does it cost you? Where are you going to get it? If someone's paying for it, they're typically older or they're into a level of pornography that is so niche that it requires payment. Um, so it's, it gets pretty yucky. Um, I want to I know, um, are they repentant? Um, again, I'm dealing with an addict at this point. Yep. And it, it's sort of like, this is a bad analogy, but a helpful one. Uh, they say that when you take heroin one time, that it takes 66 years for your brain to fully recover and heal from the impact of the heroin on your brain. It rewires you completely. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it leaves you immediately addicted. And so pornography is one of these things where it's like not that bad, but it has this massive restructuring of your brain. And the earlier you catch it, the easier it is to get out of it. But very quickly, what it does with a lot of people is it just sucks them in completely and then they're gone, right? Mm. So I, I want to know, like, are you repentant? Are you sorrowful? Did you come to me or did you get caught? Um, are you glad you got caught? Some people are so relieved. They're like, it's all out. I can't believe it. I've been hating this secret. And then they just dump it all. And some people, you you just feel it. Like, you know, when yeah. you're talking to, I don't know if you ever get in a fight with your husband or if my wife and never. I fight, never, you're perfect. It's amazing, <laughs> right? Like, you know when they are a little bit humble or not. And they yeah. know when we're a little bit humble or not. You feel it. And so when there is a lack of humility, there is um, almost always deception and lying of some sort to, to me. Yeah. So, um, And then uh, I also want to know, why were you doing it? For almost everybody, it started off young. It became a habit, and it's a way to relieve stress. It's almost everybody. Yeah, they wish they could stop and do it otherwise, but that's or they're bored that's and it. they have a lot of time on their hands. Right. You know? We say bored men do dumb things. Bored yep. kids do dumb things. Just bored people in general. Yep. Nothing good happens when people are bored. Yep. So that's my recon list. Okay. So um, now, when we move to repentance. I'm optimistic that they want to move this direction. Um, sometimes they don't have a choice because if they don't, then their wife will kick them out or their parents will discipline them. So they kind of like by the time I get involved, they have to deal with me. Mm. So number one, do they have the humility to fully expose it? So we'll just for a lot of people, we have to stop right here because if you expose 99% of it, the 1% will grow. Mm. And this is the this is the make or break at the very front end. This is. Will you expose all of it? If you will not expose all of it, then we can maybe make it easier for, for you for a couple months, but it's going to come right back, right? You need to put all of it, shine light on all of it. The darkness is will do everything it can to protect itself. And the only way to dispel the darkness is to do that with light. So we shine light on it. And then number two, um, if they are willing to do that, they're going to have to get help. So some people watching this, right? They are currently addicted and they haven't been exposed, but they want to know how to overcome it. And yep. so I'm going to look at them and say, if you have the humility to expose it, you have to expose it to someone. You got to get help. Could be a pastor, could be a counselor, could be a friend, could be a parent. But that person probably should have some experience helping other people overcome it. Because if it's just a buddy, they're not going to care as much. Yeah. They might love you, but they don't really. They're not I mean? invested. And they're probably looking at it too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let's, let's like at the end of the day, you need somebody who's going to actually have the tools to help you. And your job as the recovering addict or soon to be recovering addict is not to make their life hard. You can only overcome this as much as you're willing to expose a hundred percent and then to bring somebody along in the process. Mm. So that's number two is get help. Number three is 
um, you're going to begin rewiring your brain through detox. That's going to be very important. Um, you're going to have to find all the avenues, every single nook and cranny that you you would take every pathway to find it and you have to shut them off and you have to starve yourself of it. Mm. Um, and it's like any kind of diet, like you and me were just talking, we're on some yep. diet restrictions some right detox. now for different yeah. reasons. <laughs> and uh, we're like, uh, like lay off me, I'm starving. Right. You know, like there's like a, you might be a little crabby during right. this time period. <laughs> and that's, that's understandable because yep. when any addiction is taken away or any idol is taken away, our flesh fights back yep. and that's very normal. And so a person who's going to help you through this is going to identify that. Like your flesh is going to fight mm-hmm. and that's what you need to expect. And the first six weeks is going to be kind of excruciating. The first week will be probably easier than you think. And the second week is going to be the worst, right? So mm-hmm. just understanding that uh, you're going to have to go through a detox, but this is worth it because you got to rewire your brain. The fourth thing we do is in the detox period is we take and identify all the times that you were spending uh, looking at porn, right? And so for most men, it is specific times of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in certain places where their right. spouse or their parents aren't accessing There's them. not surveillance. Correct. Surveillance. So, for example, if it's your phone when you're alone in your room, if you have a, a 15-year-old boy, yeah. um, you set rules. Your phone is no longer allowed in your room. And as a kid, you just go, yes, yes, mom, yes, dad, 100%. Um, my kids, they don't have their phones in their room ever. That's not what we do. Your phones always stay in public use and they charge downstairs when you go to bed. We don't take them upstairs yeah. um, unless you're with us or we give you temporary permission. Uh, and even that is a whole different story because it's like Fort Knox getting into anything that I have not already pre a lot of my children to get into. So right. on purpose. Um, so you have to replace this though. And uh, so we replace it with the word of God and serving people and praying and intentionality. Like we fill our brain with the good stuff. And that actually makes the detox process a lot easier. Mm. Um, and we make sure that we bring Jesus into every single moment of this. And every time, let's say it was nine o'clock in your bedroom alone. Uh, now you're in the word and you're doing a Bible study and you are replacing this and you're going to reteach your brain. Uh, the time I gave over to this, I'm going to give back to the Lord mm. with intentionality. So all of that, we haven't gotten to the last step, but all of that, it takes time. Yep. And it's hard. It's 100% worth it. Everybody who gets to the other side will tell you, oh, the freedom, the freedom when someone says, can I see your phone? And you have zero hesitations mm-hmm. and you just go, yeah, what do you want to look at? Oh, I just want to fix something in here. Oh, I want to see that app you have, right? Yeah. When there's no fear, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful, beautiful, great gift to give somebody mm-hmm. that there isn't this like time, this moment when somebody calls you on the phone, like when your soul is innocent, when you don't have some secret there's nothing to be afraid of. It doesn't matter who calls. It doesn't matter who gets your stuff. It doesn't matter who sees what. Yeah. There's no fear because there's no sin. That is some habitual thing that's going to shame you. It's mm. great. It's delightful. I would encourage everybody to live in the freedom mm. of saying no to sin, particularly habitual sin. Mm. Um, the last part of this is scary. You know that you're at like this really wonderful place when you tell your story. Because in the middle of it, I wouldn't encourage most people to tell their story, right? Right. Get through it before you overplay your cards, you know? Yep. But when you get when you get to the point where you can shine so much light on it that you can come alongside other people and you can tell them your story, mm-hmm. every time you tell your story, there's more accountability for you to be faithful. That's one of the powerful things about bringing people into it. And you get to tell your story from the perspective of 
God's word is true and right. It brings life. Yeah. We don't put our eyes on things like this. We don't put our mind on things like this. They're devastating and destruction, destructive to the human soul. Mm. God's word was right. And God's spirit loved me enough to either expose me or convict me to the point where I made a difference. And I followed God's word and I showed, uh, shined light on it. Um, I replaced it. I got rid of it. Um, I did everything I could. And now what I want to do is I want to give God glory by telling people like, yeah, I was able to overcome this, not by my own power, but by the, by the help and the grace of God, the people of God, the word of God, and through praying a lot. This combination of things is so amazingly powerful. So good and hopeful for the other person on the other end to know yeah. that it can be overcome. Absolutely. You know, the fact that we're answering this question, people are like, no, this is not even a fight that's worth fighting right. um, because you'll lose. But that's not true. Not people true do overcome it and they live on the other side. Yeah. And it's the way that God created us to yep. live. I know a lot, people will, will probably, if you don't, if you've never overcome this or if you're not a Christian, you might like get to this point. And, I, and I'll say this. I know a lot of men who've overcome porn. And they're like, yeah, right. They're lying to you. I'm like, no, I know a lot of men who've overcome porn and it's really doable in the power of Christ. Mm. We can never underestimate when we are humble, the Lord opposes the proud, but he gives grace, help, support, kindness to those who are humble. Uh, three quick encouragements. You said it. Number one is very doable. Uh, number two, porn is a hundred percent forgivable before man, your spouse, your parents, your friends, and before God. Amen. And number three, the cost of this, of not dealing with it, it's catastrophic, but the benefit is lifelong mm. and you will never regret it. Mm. So anything we can do to help you take a next step, you might be struggling with it watching this. We'd love to come alongside of you and help you take a next step to overcoming your addiction to, to porn. Thank you so much for that mm. very helpful advice for all of us, just not adults, but mm. our children, yeah. for anybody that we can help along this process. Next time, we're going to be answering the related question, what is my first response to discovering my child is looking at porn? Porn.